This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics. We promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Darius Mora, CMO at Reflectly. Darius, welcome to the BSFS podcast. Thank you so much for having me. All right, great. Thanks for coming. So let me set the stage first. So let me ask you, the audience, how do you deal with stress? Do you listen to music, read a book, FaceTime with your friend, probably have a drink? Dealing with the stress and anxiety has been with us since the dawn of our species. It is part and parcel of our life. But the more complicated our civilization becomes, the more urgent the need to have a reliable tool in hand or an app. Today, we have Darius to talk about Reflectly, the world's first intelligent journal that uses AI to help you structure and reflect on your daily thoughts and problems. But before doing that, let's talk about you, Darius, first. Please uh, tell us about yourself a little bit and how did you get involved into app marketing? So I started to build startups right in college. So while I was studying my undergraduate, I started to build companies. And I started off in very analog world, the construction and all the interesting projects. But soon after, changed over to tech. And actually, shortly after graduation, I only was building sort of tech companies and trying to build a business. And, and I did a couple of interesting projects. One of them was a language learning app, and we chose the typical Silicon Valley route. We went to San Francisco, raised capital, did all of that, but it didn't end up working as a business. I've always been the founder or co-founder of app companies for the last, I think, 10 years. And then in a kind of a serendipitous situation, I joined Reflectly, which was a bit of an accident. And yeah, I joined when it was just the three founders. They just sort of proved the, uh, the business model. And they got me on board to scale the business. And here we are now. It's 10 million users. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a CF change. So you were probably in the very, like, in the very inception, of the, not the inception of the app, but probably the beginning of the path. So let's talk about Reflectly. Can you tell us about the concept behind the app? Were there any, or are there any now similar apps to Reflectly? How do you guys stand in this field? Yeah, so like you said, Reflectly is the world's most popular journaling app and the world's first intelligent journal, as we call it. There are other journaling apps now, but we sort of, I think, created the category. And, and after Friendly became a thing, a lot of other app companies come up out and there's you know, a new one every month now. Most mm-hmm. of them are just copies of Reflectly, but that's what happens once you, yeah. once you get big, I think. Beautiful story, right? Yeah, exactly. So now we're at you know, we're 10 million users. We're acquiring between... 10 to 30,000 users a day. So the scale is still very, very fast. And at this point, we started to acquire other app companies as well. So it's not just a journal that's reflecting, but we have some other apps and companies within the space. So we're building this sort of the, the overall called mental fitness category. I see. So you acquire more talent, more fresh ideas, right? Exactly. Yeah. And then we were still super, super lean. So I think, of course, like I said, there's other journaling apps, but something more relevant we look at you know, Calm and Headspace. Those are the two good examples. A lot of people will use journaling, which is an active way 
to um, be mindful and, and then uh, meditation, which is a more passive way. And they use both of them. So reflectively often teamed up with Calm or, or Headspace and users use both of these apps to do sort of the, the active and passive approach. And we are still one-tenth of the resources and, and team of, you know, Calm and Headspace. They both have, you know, north of 100 employees and $100, uh, $100 million in capital. Hmm. We're still a tiny, tiny team, but I think we're, uh, we're very close to them. Awesome. You know, in this world full of chaos and lot of, lots of stress, it seems like your app should be in really high demand. So do you see the demand for your app is actually growing? And if that's the case, uh, are there any data in what countries? We're very well positioned in today's world. And a lot of our users come to us directly from social media because they feel the sort of stress and intensity of social media that's growing on them, a lot of millennials as well. And especially during the, the COVID-19 pandemic, and there's much more stress in the world. And people have been using Reflectly to be able to relax, sort of be more mindful and get rid of some of the stress and, and survive quarantine and thrive and you know, be sane during that time. TechCrunch mm-hmm. just recently released an article saying we were the third most popular mental wellness app after Common Headspace. So we're happy wow. to be in that category. That's a nice spot to, to, to be on. So any data for, you know, in what countries do you see the growth? It's the, probably it's the U.S. for the most part, or that's not the case? You know, what do you see? Yeah, so Reflectly is in English. So the English-speaking markets are the most interesting for us right now. U.S. is by far, I think, the most interesting. A lot of users come from there and, and sort of focused on the U.S. Then we also have a lot of, you know, Canada, U.K., Australia, Ireland, New Zealand. But for the most part, it's in the U.S. Gotcha. What marketing channels and tools do you guys use to uh, grow the app, your user base? What does work for you? So first of all, I have to say that Reflect is an amazing product that people love. And it grows very much organically. And we actually didn't really use any you know, strong marketing. We, we grew at the beginning to about 500,000 users pretty much organically, which I think is, I mean, I, at least I personally haven't seen anything like that in any of the products. Um, so I have, to strongly, I have to stress that it's a very, very strong product. And the reason why we can have such effective marketing is because the product is just amazing. The engineers are you know, genius. Designers are, design is beautiful. We won the Google Design Award last year for innovation. So people love the way the product is and they shared a lot already. That's the first part. And then my job is to run the marketing is, is actually pretty, pretty easy if the, the product is so good. And in terms of the actual marketing, we sort of use, I think, what's the, the standard of, you know, the, the Facebook, TikTok, the uh, Instagram, Snap, sort of YouTube, like the basics of, I think, what everybody's using. Uh-huh. I think one main difference why we were able to grow a lot is because we chose the, and I, I've given talks about this before, we did a micro-influencer strategy at scale where we use the micro-influencer content to run ads and that has performed incredibly well for us. And that's what, you know, we used the last year um, in 2019 and we scaled, we were like, you know, 10x the business. So that worked really well. And I think we just executed very, very well, which was the main difference. You know, the story of your app re- reminds me uh, the uh, core f- philosophy and kind of a general strategy of Apple. It should be always the marriage of a great product and a great marketing. It's not either one of those. It should always be both. Yeah, so, a thousand percent. And like you could try the same marketing strategy in a different product that's not as strong and it just wouldn't work. And I know because I've, I've tried that myself 
it, it's all sort of stems from the product. And I think a lot of companies make the mistake that they go into marketing too soon, too early, where they don't mm-hmm. have the good enough retention. They don't have the basic metrics and their users don't love the product yet. And they're pouring money into marketing and it's just a leaky bucket. Yeah, that's that's for sure. So, and it gives you confidence that you're not like in a desperate, you know, uh, need to look for new users. You know, every week you have to, you know, being through the crazy brainstorming sessions. There's a natural flow of users coming in. You're just uh, multiplying this number. You know, try new channels. And uh, can you think from the top of your head any channel that you didn't see really resonate with you, or it's pretty much you know the same level of success with Facebook, TikTok, YouTube ads? No, I don't think there's any sort of unexpected channels that we didn't see or or, or anything that performs less. I, I think um, you can't really, I don't think it's possible, or at least I haven't seen any case where the marketing channel was the competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. It's so transparent and it's kind of a commodity at this point, like where you market and also your creatives, like the actual videos or pictures you use. Right. It's also a commodity because... As soon as somebody runs an ad, you see what it is. Like you can see the competition, you can copy them and do the same thing tomorrow. So you can't really gain a competitive advantage just through the marketing channels or the marketing creatives because that's all copyable, if that's a word. I think the real advantage over Reflectly is the fact that it's an amazingly strong product. And then we have some amazing, you know, user loyalty and and great numbers and the product is amazing. and, And all these things like the product the engineering power that we have behind it, the beautiful design, all these things that are much more difficult to copy. I think that's what was really setting us apart. Yeah, that's that's totally true. Users' loyalty, loyalty and trust is really a great commodity and uh, it's, it's it's hard to uh, overstress how it's important to have the loyal user base. Now, what do you think about social media apps like Facebook and Twitter? You know, for many people, it's, it's not only, you know, the communications channel, but the source of a stress on a daily basis. So do you think it's possible to create a social media platform that, that has a built-in feature that's kind of similar to what you do in, with Reflectly to make it you know, more stress manageable, if I can use this, that phrase? What do you think? <laughs> that's a good question. I'm not sure. I mean, I think, for example, there's also different kinds and different levels of stress. So if you look at Instagram, for example, a lot of people were stressed out and felt bad about themselves because Instagram was all about this, having this beautiful pictures of shiny, you know, models and islands and cars and boats and hotels and all these very beautiful, you know, perfection. And and when you went on there, even if your life is interesting, if you go on Instagram, you'll feel like crap about yourself because it's not, you know, shiny every single day and it shouldn't be. So people feel bad about themselves. So like, that's the case for Instagram. It's not the case for TikTok. TikTok is much more sort of pure and natural people are themselves so you can have an audience and interesting videos and have a lot of attention there without trying to make your world look better than it really is you could be totally authentic so mm-hmm. that's you know it, it's a different level of stress but then again people have like there's insane retention the average watch time on tiktok is just ridiculous i think it's more comparable to uh to netflix than other social media networks so there's definitely that kind of stress as well so i think it's sort of you know, what do you consider as stress? Is it just the amount of time you spend on the app? Because I've seen also, you know, apps trying to work on that. And it's definitely a new challenge that we haven't seen before. So you see your app kind of organically being embedded into people's lives. They're not, they're not obligated to spend 
an extra time like they would obligate with TikTok that's just being glued to the screen to watch more because this is that great. And suddenly, all of a sudden, they realize that they're spending a lot of the time on the app that didn't plan like this mantra, just one more video, that's it, never works. And with the Instagram, they're just, uh, you know, keep comparing themselves with what they see on the screen. The comparison not always, you know, in their favor and they're full stress. But with Reflect, you just give them the way to reflect. Like, you know, the name itself speaks for uh, the concept, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, obviously the human brain was not developed to be able to deal with so many inputs and all the attention grabbing things jumping at us every single day. So we have these new challenges coming up in the world and Reflectly is just one of the new solutions to the unprecedented challenges that we had. So yes, Reflectly just helps you sort of sit down and you know, have a little bit of quiet time, even if it's just one minute or you know, five minutes or 10 minutes or whatever it want to be, and it allows you to reflect. So we see that you know, people love to journal in the morning. So mm-hmm. we have a lot of sort of morning content where we give them quotes or we help we give them challenges and people... First thing when they wake up in the morning, they check Reflectly and um, they sort of set themselves up for success for the day. Right. Then they go through the day and then they come back to Reflectly in the evening when they want to journal and they'll sort of, as you said, reflect, they sort of summarize their day. It helps, it helps them to put things into perspective. It could seem that, you know, everything is coming at us so fast. There's so much stress, so much input, so many demands. But if you really sit down and you are able to reflect and be grateful about the amazing things in your world and the fact that you're healthy and you can breathe and you have freedom and, and you know, it's not all that bad. It really helps people put them in a, in a better state of mind. And that's sort of the obvious benefits of journaling, no matter if you do it on paper or, or on an app like Reflectly. But then Reflectly goes a step further and then we can give you correlations and statistics and, and help you understand like, okay, you've been feeling bad because of work for three weeks uh-huh. in a row. You know, maybe this is something you should examine or we help you see what are the correlations, what makes you feel good, what makes you feel bad. And we don't do it in a way that that's sort of forceful. We don't, you know, make you, make you journal every single day because there'll be even more anxiety, which is sort of defeats the purpose. But it helps people look at their life. Uh, it, it sort of provides a little bit of a, a mirror to people's lives to see what it's really like. And then they realize it's not all that bad. Gotcha. How do you see the future of Reflectly? Like, I'm not asking to give up any specific plans, but do you anticipate any possible issues when it's user base, let's say, will you know, become 10x more when you get, you're going to get mi- not millions, but tens of millions of users? I don't see any particular issues with that. Like I said, we're still growing at, you know, 10 to 30,000 users a day. So the growth is very strong and we have a very, very solid engineering team behind. I think we'll be experiencing challenges just like any other company in the world. Mm-hmm. Obviously, hiring is very important. It's difficult. Also, as you grow the business culturally, you have to change and you sort of have to adapt and different kinds of leadership has to come about. So I think there's a the usual challenges that we can expect. Nothing that's specific to Reflectly, that would be a problem. I think if anything, we, we have the advantage of we started to acquire other companies that are not competing with Reflectly, but are, have similar use cases or, or similar users. And as we grow, we can also sort of, you know, send users from one app to the other app and, and start to have our own sort of ecosystem where we can advertise our own apps, which becomes, you know, much, mm-hmm. much cheaper and much more affordable. So I think if anything, we'll have the sort of positive economies of scale as we go. Right, great. 
now. There's a special a, a section of the show where I'm asking my guests a few quick questions to kind of, you know, paint a better picture of who they are. And so are you iOS or Android person? Definitely iOS. <laughs> yeah, I think I can visually see then this two stacks of people on the show and the iOS are like three or four times bigger than the Android. <laughs> what was your first mobile phone, if you can remember? So I don't know the exact name, but it was a Nokia, but it was one of the Nokias that had, you held it horizontally, not vertically. Oh. It had a keyboard on the left side and the right side of the screen. So it was almost like a gaming console, but it was, a, it was one of the Nokias. That was my first phone. Okay, that, that's interesting. What is your favorite app now, apart from Reflectly? Uh, yes, obviously Reflectly, but otherwise, um, my favorite one, the one I'm using the most right now is uh, the Wim Hof app. I don't know if you've oh, heard of Wim Hof. I, uh, certainly I know who he is. Uh, yeah, I, so I didn't know if he has an app. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so he, I mean, Wim Hof is the you know, world record breaker in sort of cold exposure. He climbed like Everest and some of the mountains in yeah, shorts. He's, and, He's World a character for, for sure. Yeah, the long, I think the longest swim under ice and some mm-hmm. of these crazy things. And uh, I've been following him for a long time. I've done some of his courses previously, and now he has an app. Uh, and specifically, I use the um, the breathing exercises. Uh, I think it has a very similar effect to Reflectly, where it helps you ground yourself and either relax or sort of energize your body based on the breathing that you do. So that's the one I'm using the most on my phone right now. That's cool because I I, def, I certainly know about him previously from the several podcasts. I guess I, I heard him uh, talking about his experience and probably I saw a quick documentary about him. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, the, the Iceman. Yeah, the Iceman. That's that's interesting. Uh, I, I didn't expect that he has an app. I think I'm going to check yeah, it's it out. Very on, cool. So it, now, it's, I've been uh, using it for. Both, for example, like trying to extend the amount of time you can uh, be without breathing. So there's mm-hmm. a breath hold to some extent for that. Or even like extending your max output. So for example, doing, you can try, like I did bench press or squats um, uh-huh. normally and then do some of the exercises. He does some of the breath work for just 15 minutes and then go and do the exercise again and you'll be able to do more. It's, it's quite incredible that you can push the body with just breathing. So it's fascinating. Okay. Thanks. This is a nice tip. I'm going to check the app for sure. Now, let's uh, take a quick uh, look into the future. Are there any app technologies are you kind of waiting to land into the apps you're having on your phone? So you're going to have, you know, you're going to get more from the apps you have on your smartphone in your pocket. Yeah, I think I've been waiting for AR to become a much bigger thing. And it's difficult to land in the phones. I think when the, the glasses and goggles and all those things come out, and they're actually wearable in a comfortable and non-weird way, then AR, I think, is going to become super interesting. And, and the whole concept of apps is going to be transferred into AR, into, into glasses and sort of the display you have in front of your eyes. And I think that will make it much more interesting. So that's the one I've been eyeing, and who knows when that's going to become a more important part of our life. All right, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm with you because I've been using the Measure app on iOS you know, with the mixed success, sometimes it's accurate, sometimes not really. But yeah, it's mm. definitely not the end of the story. There, there are going to be more apps that are really useful. And uh, just like a calculator and notes in a daily life, they do make a difference for you. You're just using them like a physical object. They're useful for you. Yeah. 
Actually, that was the last question. But before I let you go, how can people get in touch with you and know more about what you do? Yeah, so you can check out my YouTube channel, Darius Mora. That's D-A-R-I-U-S-M-O-R-A. I share like marketing tips and, and insights, uh, mostly about paid user acquisition, but also other sides of marketing. I think that's the, the best one. I'm also launching a podcast soon myself, which will be on Spotify and and um, Apple Podcasts called Darius Mora. And then finally, DariusMora.com, where I blog about um, the same thing, sort of marketing in the app world and uh, uh, and everything else related to the app business. Cool. That's awesome. Thanks a lot for your time and coming on our podcast, Mora. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no problem. Um, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. All right. Bye-bye. And that was Dari Mora, CMO at Reflectly. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just search for Business of Apps and you will find us easily. Once you subscribe, you'll be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please don't forget to leave us a review and comment. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. See you next week. Bye-bye. This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.